Okay. <laughs> Hi, so going everyone. Welcome back to James Kickback. I'm James Anthony, and today I have one of my beloved, one of my beloved for a very long time. I've seen her on my TV screens many years ago, and have been a fan of her career and her trajectory ever since. You may have recognized her from American Idol season four, top three, might I add. It is the Queen Von Zell, Baby V, Solomon in the building. How's it going, Von? Yay! It's going great. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yes, I'm so happy that you came and, and agreed to sit down with me. And this is this is a dream come true. Like I said, I remember growing up. It was um, a few years ago, the early 2000s. Okay, and um, <laughs> I remember growing up seeing you on American Idol. Your season, Vonzo. You were one of the first black chocolate girls on American Idol that I distinctly remember seeing and being like, oh my gosh, if she doesn't go all the way, this entire show is rigged. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was rigged, honey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so I am excited that you came and sat down with me. But first I want to ask you, I'm sure we all want to know, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, you know, as good as can be expected in these crazy trying scary times um and just being home but you know that one of the greatest things is since the pandemic started um i've been able to be home because since idol i've not been home in one like one year at a time in all these years this is the first year i've ever been able to be home for an entire year because i'm always traveling for like touring doing shows running around auditioning doing all, and it's great i love it honey Oof, for y'all who voted for me on american idol thank you honey <laughs> because <laughs> your girl is out here living her best life and i really am grateful for that but in this time i realized that i needed to get somewhere and sit down okay yes. and figure out really what i want out of life what's going to make me happy what you know all those things and then do a heart check check in with my heart and my mind and my body, my spirit, all those things. So that's what this pandemic has done for me. It's given me a chance to sit down. Um, and because when you think about it, when you go do a show, I have to get dressed and put on a good face no matter what's going on. Like, you know, I have lost loved ones and I had to get on stage and like do the show and I can't like, but I have broken down on stage crying because, you know, the grieving just takes over. And it's something about having to just put on that face all the time. Um, I started to trick myself. Like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And I wasn't good. Okay. And so in the pandemic, I was like, it's okay not to be okay. And let's, you know, do what I have to do to do get some self-healing and some spiritual growth and all that stuff. So it's been good to be home um, as crazy as it's been. And with the pandemic and scary and losing loved ones to that. It's been really, really, it's just an emotional roller coaster. And <laughs> you never know, you know, with all of us, you don't know what's happening from one moment to the next. So just taking it in stride and enjoying life, essentially. Definitely, definitely. I think that's important. I think most people um, have said the pandemic really forced them to actually sit down and like take a look at what's important, what's not important, because you literally have no other choice. 
Right. I have no other choice. And, and so I find that uh, to be extremely therapeutic for myself as well. And so it was really beautiful to hear. Now, I do want to go into specifics. What exactly were you working on around March of 2020 when the world literally went on shutdown? Like, what were you doing in your career? Where were you at in the world? What was going on with Baby Van? Well, I um, started doing a show called Velvet. It's a theater show on a cruise ship with Norwegian Cruise Line. And I had just finished a contract at the end of February, 2020. And then I had a one week at home. I was gone for like three or four months doing that. And it was great. I was traveling all over the place and vacationing and working. Um, so that was great. Then I came home in February, at the end of February, had one week home and had to go to Tampa, Florida um, to rehearse. So, and get back, I was gonna get back on a cruise ship. So in rehearsal, is when everything started hitting the fan. Like I had been hearing about this thing that was happening and then we got to, to rehearsal, it was like, no, um, we got to take your temperature when you come in. And, um, you know, we, we were watching the news every night, but we were rehearsing with like long hours. And so before and after work, I would just be like, what's going on? And so in the midst of our rehearsal, they sent us all home and said, you know, everything is shutting down and we'll let you know what's happening. And I was really excited because this contract is gonna be a little bit different where I got to put together my own show and be on the main stage and be with the live band. So I would do like my theater show with the cast, but I also was able to do my, I was going to be able to do my own thing. And I was like, yes, because for the last like five years, I've been slowly creating this one woman show. And I was like, I have this thing where I start a lot of things and I don't finish it, finish them. So I was like, this is God pushing me, like say, girl, if you don't do this thing right and giving me an opportunity where I'm a, the job is already built in, you know, and I get to perfect it and I get to do it to the level like, cause I thought I'd have to start with just tracks first, but this is beyond that. This is like, oh, you got a full live band. Like it was gonna be lit. And my best friend is a designer. So she was, she made all my costumes. And, and then when everything shut down, I was really bummed out that I wouldn't be able to go do, start my one woman show. So now I am starting back at zero with creating the show as a track version, but doing all the promo videos and I'll start releasing them next week. The first, it's, it's a show with a collection of all of my favorite iconic pioneers in music, women. And um, it's called Divas of the Decades. And the first diva that I'm releasing next week is Whitney Houston on Thursday. My favorite. So I'm excited. So that's what I was doing. I was getting ready to go on the cruise ship. Everything shut down. And then I just was at home. Like, and another thing, it's like, it's everything. It's emotionally, uh, emotionally draining, mentally, physically. I was just like eating too much. Okay. And I was like, now you don't bought all these costumes you need to calm down because you're not going to be able to fit in the costumes, okay? Yes, and, right. you know, <laughs> it was so much, but um, I needed that break and just to to regroup and just kind of like um, reposition myself. So I was getting ready to go on that cruise ship, honey, and the world said, stop. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. That's crazy. I, you know, it's really interesting. It, you have to be in a position for the blessing for God to deliver it. I mm -hmm. have to that even on my own. It's so imperative. And so really, really is. sit down and get, take, a, take a look at what's again important and how you're going to get there. And again, being in position so that mm -hmm. when that blessing that you've been waiting for comes, you're able to receive it. It's so imperative. It, 
Right. You got to do that work. Even like for me as a as an independent artist, I have to financially take care of everything. Right. But I ain't always got it like that. So it's like, but if I write the songs and I have a vocal booth and I record them enough to where when it's time and that opportunity shows up, all I got to do is get it mixed and mastered and put it out. You know what I'm saying? But I can't just be playing around like, oh, or not playing around, but just being overwhelmed, so overwhelmed that you don't do anything. You know what I mean? Because you don't know where, how it's going to all come to fruition. You just have to like put one foot in front of the other and keep, keep going and keep going as most, uh, as best as you can and be ready. Like you said, be ready for those opportunities for sure. Definitely. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Honey. Period. Yes. But it might be a Pisces thing because I, fun fact, we're both born on March 18th. I found that out when I was doing my research. I was like, oh my God, we're both Pisces. You're like, listen, you my birthday twin. We twinning in this thing. Yes. So that's so when what I hear you speaking about like consistency and the, and how hard it is and how hard it is to stay motivated when you don't physically see anything uh-huh. that's going to come to fruition yet and being in the most terrifying but safest place, which is God's protection. Mm-hmm. There's really something to be said about that. And I, I, I couldn't concur more and i could talk about this all day long with you we'll have bible study instead of yes i would love that (laughs) instead of an interview but i do want to talk to you about um the reason why most people know you american idol this is a tv show that is iconic um for many reasons um you were one of um on some of the earlier seasons but a lot of fans don't know that you actually auditioned for season two it was yes and now what audition was that experience and what prepared you to all come back and audition for season four of Anzel? Um, so I tried out for season two and I slept on the boardwalk of Miami, South Beach. Um, and then we auditioned early in the morning and I didn't make it past the first round. I didn't even get to see the celebrity judges. I saw like, you know, the production people that audition you and dwindled it down to you seeing the celebrity judges. I didn't make it past the first audition and I went home and I said, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) I was like, I ain't never going back. But uh, my family, especially my dad, he was like, no, we're going to go back. You should just watch the shows and see what they're looking for. And then, you know, step your game up in that way. And I was singing at different restaurants and um, bars in my hometown and I would see what the audience would request and what they would like. And like, they would give me standing ovations on cer- certain songs, right? So then I was like, okay, I should probably be using these songs. Like I went there the first time and I sang Destiny's Child So Good. Yeah. That was my jam, okay? Yeah. That song, I won every contest in my hometown that I ever entered into. <laughs> I won them with that song. So I was like, that's my song, right? But nobody outside the hood or my hood knew the song, right? So I get to the audition for a national singing contest. And these um, production people are like, what is she even singing? Like, they've never heard this song, right? And then I um, had what I call a BAPS hairdo. It was, honey, it was one of those hard hairdos. Like, my hair, it don't move, okay? My hair, it don't move i had this high ponytail with some waterfalls honey and then i went to the hair store after 
um, I got my hair done. I went to the hair store and I said, I saw these spray, um, gl these glitter sprays, right? They had gold and they had multicolor. I got both of them and I was spraying all that stuff in my <laughs> I said, oh, you gonna see me, honey. <laughs> um, and I got there looking like straight up baps and they were, they did not understand it. They didn't know what I was singing. I had this hairdo. And so once I watched the show, I was like, okay, all the girls, none of them have these hard hairstyles. That might be the, the thing in my hometown or what I'm used to, but that is not. And then when I looked at my favorite singers, like Whitney Houston, Aretha and Donna Summer, they didn't have that either. Patti LaBelle did, but you see, she's a woman of her own in her own lane, but predominantly, <laughs> honey, and I love Patti. I cannot wait to add her to the roster, yes. but, um, predominantly it was like a softer kind of look you know what I'm saying so I said okay I'm gonna start getting sew-ins and getting whatever you know having my natural hair um straightened and whatever so then I started looking at the song choice it was songs that everybody knew it was like popular older goodie like oldie but goodies you know what I'm saying like so I said okay and I sing a lot of those songs I was singing those songs at the restaurants and bars so I came back with a new look I didn't come back the next season, which was the third season where Fantasia won. And she actually really inspired me, right? Because I yeah. was like, okay, I have to do this. I've been working. Another thing we talked about earlier is um, working at that thing. You know what I mean? Even I didn't know where this was going to lead me. I, you know what I'm saying? I come from humble beginnings. I just was like, Lord, I right. like to sing. I don't know. I'm going to just get out here and do it. And so but by me putting in the work and studying what I wanted to look like or what I thought that, you know, could help me out and wardrobe, hair, song choice. And then I said, okay. And so on the fourth season, I went to Orlando, Florida. My dad was with me and he, he um, got a hotel and he didn't even know that it was right across the street from the civic center where I had to audition. So when we were trying to go at 1am, we arrived in, in Orlando and we were trying to check into the hotel. I was like, wait, that's the civic center. And people are already lined up. So he was like, get out, get in line. I'll get the hotel, get checked into the hotel. And then he got checked into the hotel, came back, slept in line for me. And he said, go get a good night's rest. And I slept in that hotel, came back 6 a.m. ready. And then I made it to the top three that season. And here we are, ready. Yes, that's <laughs> history. That, that, that's, an uh -huh. awesome, that's an awesome story, especially considering that the first time you went to audition, you ended up having to sleep on the boardwalk. And the second time, your father fully rolled out essentially the red carpet for you and made sure that you were fully prepared to go in and slay it, which is exactly yeah. what And he was there with me the first time. So both of us were outside, right? So he was like, okay, now next time we're going to do this right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So so it was just like studying and planning and then saying, okay, and going for it. Exactly, exactly. That That's extremely inspiring. And so I do want to go into now your journey. You've gotten on the show. You've gotten your um, footing in terms of the competition and things. Walk me through, like, did you believe you would be able to win Von Because I definitely did. As a fan, I thought you were going to go all the way. No shade to Kelly and the rest of them. But I thought that you were going to go all the way, Von Zell. Like, at what point did you feel like, okay, I actually might take this? So I was coming from that first time and I didn't make it past the first round. I was like, every time I would make it in season four, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like I just wanted to do better than I did before, right? And then I made it to Hollywood week. And so I had this little angel from my church. It came on, um, it was like an ornament, 
like a Christmas tree ornament. Yeah. And it was on the bottle of my um my oil, my holy oil. <laughs> and yes. I put that um angel with me. And I just every time I was uh going about to sing, I would pray. And then on um on the result nights, I would be holding that thing and praying like, Lord, just let me make it to the next round. I don't know if I ever necessarily said I'm going to win. Like I want to win. I wanted to win, but my prayer was I was to make it to the next round. <laughs> I don't know what that was about, but um, that that's all I was focused on. I was like, then I, I had my eyes set on top 10. And then when I made it top 10, I was like, I didn't think I would make, okay, Lord, can I get to the next round? <laughs> like, you know, so. I don't know, but I it would have. I think I wanted to win, but my prayer was never really to win. That's crazy. I should have set that intention. You know, it would have helped a little bit, but I, do. <laughs> I think you're still winning though. So I do too. Listen, like Fantasia said, sometimes you got to lose to win. Okay, we still Period. winning. Period, and you're still winning <laughs> years later, Vodzel. Like that. that that's Hallelujah. So yes, I'm so grateful. Yes, absolutely. And so what are some of your most memorable moments from that show? Like that was a completely different era of, of American Idol. Right, because there was no... Come back again several times. It's a completely different show essentially now. But back then, the original um, judges panel you got to be um, critiqued with, what was your most memorable or some of your most memorable moments from that time? Um, Being in LA and I went to the Beverly uh, Center Mall, and people knew me and I was like, what? Like, cause I'm shopping for the clothes for the show and um, and people were like, Baby V. And they weren't calling me Von Zell. They were like, Baby V. So my family calls me that. Like not even my best friends call me Baby V. Like my family calls me that. So I'm like, I know I ain't got no family out here. I was born in Georgia, raised in Florida. All my family on the East Coast, I'm like, <laughs> And I turn around and see strangers and that just blew my mind. And they were like, we love you. And, and they, I was like, people actually know us. And I was with other people in the competition and they just like would know us. So that blew my mind. And then also um, when I was on Idol, there was a young lady in my hometown who was diagnosed with cancer and she had five months to live. She was 11 years old and she was saying, she uh, was on the news locally saying how much she was inspired by me and she wanted to sing and be on American Idol. So my parents arranged for her to call me and literally I'm on the other line, on the other side of the phone crying and trying to hide it from her because she was the most miraculous little girl. And she was like, um, I'm gonna grow up and be something great. And the doctors say I only have five months to live, but I know God has bigger plans for me. And even if it's my time, he has a mansion for me. Like her faith was unbelievable, right? And here I am stressed out about this competition and homegirl is fighting for her life and she's 11 years old and her faith was just tremendous. So she inspired me, right? And then she came out to the show and she had been already going through chemo. And I remember asking my parents like, do you think we should help her get a wig or something before she comes? And she said, no. She said, I'm going to show up the way God created me. I'm fabulous. Like she had all this, um, all this confidence. And so I hadn't met her yet. And I was on the stage looking out, waiting for the start, uh, show to start. And I spotted her and she was just there without a wig. And, and she didn't even get her hair cut. It was just all uneven. And she was just so having the best time of her life. And then later on in the competition, I found out that because her parents took her off chemo and they're like, if she's only got a certain amount of time, we're just gonna let her like live her life. 
found out weeks later, she, they took her in just to do tests and it was gone, completely gone. And today she's like a three-time cancer survivor. She's gone on and she's like an adult now. Madison Merrifield's her name. But that just like reined me in, like reels me in and said, you're here for a bigger purpose, right? The competition is great, but don't lose sight of God brought you this far. Over 100,000 people tried out for my season and for me to make it to top three, especially after not making it past the first round the last time. And then to see this, I was just kind of like, at that moment, I believe we were like top five or six. I was just like, Lord, you've done enough. You've answered my prayers. Like I, I didn't even care really anymore. I cared, but I wasn't like, can you let me make it to the next one? I was praying for Madison, you know what I'm saying? And to be continuing to be someone that, that, kids can look up to and be inspired by and w- people around the world you know what I mean so anyway that is like my biggest turning and eye-opening and um inspire inspiring moment in the competition now on tour honey <laughs> let me tell you something on tour honey so and the show was great other there was all these other moments where i got to meet celebrities and i love getting hair and makeup done i'm all about the the glam okay yes. having professionals and uh celebrity hair and makeup artists and wardrobe stuff honey and going into the beverly cinema and buying i was buying jeans for a couple hundred dollars you know what i'm saying manolo blondes i was like okay and then i go into the shops on melrose and bargain with them i'm like okay so i'm gonna get that dress and I'm going to wear it on American Idol. And then can you throw in some other stuff? Because like millions of people are going to see me and they would give it to me. Right. But on tour, traveling around and we were in uh, stadiums, playing stadiums and being on a tour bus. And I had watched Destiny's Child and I was like, man, I just want to be on tour. And then when I got on tour and was at stadiums and then they had catering, it's the food for me. OK, <laughs> on tour, it was the food. I was eating up all the food honey, and craft services. So I just have so many, and like the people too, I'm really close friends with Nadia Turner. She was on my season and from Florida, Michaela Gordon, and she's my little sister, my season. I have other idol friends from different seasons because after idol, it's like people will put together idol shows and hire just anybody from any season. So I have a lot of idol friends. So I'm just so grateful for the experience, the exposure, um, and my now close friendships, you know? Definitely. Family, really family. Definitely. That that's actually lovely to hear. Um, I did want to like talk to you about that actual uh, a little bit about your post-American Idol um experience. Because you go on, of course, you make top three. Before I do that though, I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite and least favorite Von Zell Solomon American Idol performance? Because I have my favorites, I have no least favorites, and I'm not just saying that. Oh, thank you. I okay. a lot of them. What, so, what's your favorite? Okay, so my favorite has to be, it's an obscure one, um, if I'm going to be honest, um, based on some of the uh, other answers I've heard other people give, but my favorite Von Zell Solomon performance is People by Barbara Streisand. Oh, okay. I loved your rendition of that song. The voice control that you showed and the range you showed in that performance was like one of those like light bulb moments that said, okay, mm-hmm. she literally needs to go all of the way. Um, next to oh that would God. happen, of course, I have nothing. Treat Me Nice is really fun. Um, it's really like of the time. The outfit that you're wearing, I remember, it was very of the time. 
<laughs> it was a complete moment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so and much. So I genuinely do not have any least favorites. I guess um, I guess the ones I don't listen to as often would be the I'll Never Love This Way Again. But I don't know what Simon was talking about. The ending was fabulous. Like after So, so. I, I actually, okay, people said, would always ask me, how did I get around Simon's comments and how did I deal with them, you know, when they're harsh? But my late great grandmother, if you had a grandmother like that, your your skin is thick. Okay. My grandmother told me I look like the other word for a donkey. Okay. In my fourth grade picture, honey. I everybody was lined up to give her their pictures, and I got in the back of the line. I said, save the best for last, honey. I get up there, she said, Well, you look like an old Jack. I said, Oh. <laughs> And went on the other side of her coffee table and started crying. And she said, I know you're black. Ain't over there crying. And I was like, oh, my God. So she just would just speak. And I was looking a mess because when they tell me to do something for the picture, I'm so extra. I'm like, they say, arch your back. I'm like, like I'm just like doing that the most. <laughs> so she was right. But she just brutally honest. So when I got on the show, all those, all my life, I've dealt with that. Honey, and I, that's my grandmother. I want her to love me, accept me, and, and all that stuff. So Simon, I was like, honey, I'm on this here TV. I'm in these clothes. I've been this kind of makeup, honey. You can't tell me. <laughs> I'm living my life. So he really didn't. When he said those things to me, I'm just like, music is up to interpretation, honey. Even um, singing in front of Clive Davis. And, and I did um, I'll Never Love This Way Again. And that was one of my least favorite songs because I felt like I could have done better. And I just didn't do as good as I felt like I had been doing when I was practicing. And so whatever. But. And he was like, you smiling too much in that song. Clive Davis, like, you smiling too much. And I was like, huh? Because for me, especially studying classical music, it's like I would have to, my music teacher, Miss Bernadette Billups, shout out to her in Fort Myers, Florida, Oxford School of Music. She would make me take a song, any song, any language. I was singing in different languages, opera, arias, classical music. And I would have to dive in that song and dissect it. Part of my assignment is to figure out what the song is talking about and how does it connect to me and then giving my performance, giving how I'm connected to it, right? So I know I love never love this way again, man. I'm in love, honey. I'm in buku boots love. Yes. <laughs> it's oozing out of me, honey. So I'm gonna smile, right? Right. So then I start to say, you know, this is a show, they're doing it for ratings and you just have to know and trust and believe the journey that God has you on, know who you are, be at peace with it and say, no, this is my interpret. Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Somebody's trying to call me or something. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And it's unknown. I ain't answering that anyway. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm back. You're good. Um, but knowing that that was my interpretation and I did this, the I was, I would say the assignment. Honey, I knew the assignment and I delivered. So what are you talking about? But it's a show, they need ratings, so you don't take it to heart. You just keep pushing. You know what I'm saying? And it's already what God has for you is for you. Hello. That's it. You show up and do your thing. So uh, I know I never loved this way again was my least favorite. My favorite was, of course, I have nothing. (laughs) I think I have nothing. I go back and forth between that and some of like the other ones, um, best of my love, because I just had fun. You know what I mean? Like I like dancing and walking around and talking to people, you know, Um, 
uh, what's the other one? Let's hear it for the boy, where I, I was just walking around and I like that little running. skirt. Like you weren't walking around, Bonzo. You were strutting. Like yes. you were like, this is like my three minutes up here. You're getting a show. Okay. Like Yes. And I'm living my life. I'm having the time of my life. So I was like, that's the difference. It's like sometimes I might like my hair and makeup of this performance, the way I looked on camera, and then the other ones I like the vocal. And then sometimes I I like just because I got a chance to have fun. You know what I mean? You can really right. see my personality because that's who I am. I'm just goofy, smiling, laughing, having a good time. You know what I mean? That's me. That's it. That's it. It that's was it. experience. I used to love your energy on the show. It was it was great. And also, I'm every woman. How could I forget? I'm every I... woman. The buffet and the pony <laughs> and the boots. Hey! Like it was like it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Honey, I that's one of my favorites because I love that outfit and that belt. Do you do you remember that? <laughs> that was very of the time. That is not a bad time. <laughs> yes, that's hilarious. Like, I, that's I think my. Oh my gosh, is my zipper down? You ain't oh. tell me. I did not see your. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Okay, sorry, I'm back. You are all good. Are you kidding? And so, um, after okay, you've made it to top three, right? Okay, we love Vonzel. We we're in love with her. She almost made it, and she made it very far. Okay, your post idol experience. Let's talk about it because unfortunately, we've had um, experiences where people have gone off idol and have had almost the opposite experience where they couldn't get work, they couldn't find um, steady uh, jobs or gigs in singing mm -hmm. that's venture into other fields where it sounds like with you you were able to kind of get in and kick the industry in the teeth with uh what you are going to contribute so walk us through kind of what happened past idol so after idol um of course it was here in la and i went back home to my hometown fort myers florida and i got a house and got my mom a house and i was just like kind of hanging out and i feel like now i that was wrong like i should have just like stayed out here in LA and really hit the pavement um, and gr uh, started grinding it out. But I went back home, I was I turned 21 on the show, so I was scared, I'm the baby of my family, baby V, I'm out here, I was out here without my brothers, my big brothers, without my dad, like I'm like a fish out of water. So I, I was like, I wanna go back to safety. Um, but if I could do it back, uh, do it over again, I would have stayed out here. So I went home and people were booking me for like big corporate private events, right? And they were paying a lot of money, okay? So I said, I was like, oh, it's cool. I don't need to be in LA because people are like, you should be in LA and, and just show up at the red carpets because your name is hot right now. So you, you could just get in. And I was like, I'm a really shy person. I'm like, I'm not about to go up there and get embarrassed, honey. And be standing out there. They be like, jigga who? Am, like, Am I about to be humble? Am I about to be So I was just doing all these, um, people just would book me off my website and I would go, and do the gigs and then the checks stopped coming in and i said oh oh wait wait a minute <laughs> and so um and a lot of different events happened in the time i was in fort myers and then flying out all over the place the postal service i used to deliver the mail the postal service hired me as a spokesperson i traveled around um the united states as a spokesperson and then um my house burned down from an electric malfunction in the attic and the roof started falling in my dog died Oh and I was lucky to get out with my life, right? So then I was like, Lord, are you trying to tell me I need to get on up out of here, honey? So I collected my things and my wigs, honey, that was left. And I, um, my best friend 
had just finished college in Tampa, Florida and graduated. And then she was like, you know, what? I think I'm going to have a switch in, in career, a career change and I want to get into film and I think I want to go to film school in LA. And I was like, let's go together. So we came out here together. I wasn't afraid. Now I was a little bit older and I have my best friend, someone that we live together and all that. So it was great. Then, uh, but before that, before I can't move to LA, I got this inquiry on my website from a guy and my dad was helping to manage me. He's like, did you talk to this young brother? He's doing some great things and he's got a play going on in Lubbock, Texas. He wants you to be Glinda the Good Witch. And that was Todrick Hall. So Todrick hired me to come out to Lubbock, Texas to be Glinda the Good Witch in his, um, his play that he, he had rewritten Oz. Um, and so it was like an all-American Idol cast. And my good friend, Michaela Gordon, was Dorothy. It was fabulous. And we got the chance to work with children, local yeah. children in the arts. And so all of the munchkins were like these cutest, the cutest little kids. They had like their hair sticking up with different color pigtails. It was fabulous. I loved it. And then the monkeys, the flying monkeys had those Healy shoes. They were flying around <laughs> the stage. It was so cute. And he did such an amazing job. And he rewrote all the music. It was just it was just crazy. So after that, he and I became really good friends. We just like, I just fell in love with him and his creativity and his talent. And, um, and then I moved to LA and then he was in, he came to, to LA and he was on idol and then he started doing YouTube videos. So from there in LA, I had, I just, I'm always auditioning. I'm online. If it's something out there, she's going to get it. I'm going to do whatever I can do. Um, I, there were times where I didn't have work and I didn't know what I was, all I had was letting hope a prayer and, and faith in God. Okay. Right. And I've had to work from home. Um, since being in LA, I worked from home and I was a salesperson for Apple working at home, honey, eating honey just okay. over my head and eat, having food to eat. Okay. And then in the midst of that, um, I got this call from uh, Michael Orland, who's the piano player for Idol. And he goes, my friend, who's an agent, is looking for a female vocalist. And I think you'd be great for it. So I call her up. She sends me this music. She says, learn the music. We're going to send you to Portland, Oregon um, to audition. I get to Portland, Oregon. I'm whisked right into this theater. And I'm on stage singing in front of an empty theater with the, the um, producers of a show. Honey, they give me the mic. I said, hello, welcome to my show. It's, my name is Beyonce Knowles. I'm living my life, right? Yeah. I'm showing out, right? I am living my life. They just cracking up. And so they started playing music and I, you know, did my thing. I, I had learned all those songs backwards and forwards. I know my best friend was like over me because I would just sing them. Oh, that's what I do. I just like study it over and over. That's so it. I'm living my life. And then after I came off the stage, they were just like, can you join us on tour? like next week and I was on a 10-month tour with burn a show called burn the floor it's a ballroom dancing show and the choreographer for that show Jason Gilkerson he actually works with dancing with the stars and strictly come dancing which is like dancing with the stars in UK and so I started touring with them and so most of the time I was always on tour with him in Asia and everywhere we were on the West End in London and so for a lot of the time for many years I was with them and then they they moved their show to cruise ships and that's how I got into the cruise ship world doing burn the floor they were like we want you to like set our show on on the cruise ships because you know we don't trust our baby so I started doing that and then I laid off the cruise ships for a while and I just started 
hustling in LA. I put out an EP. Then I went to China and, and did a cover band situation for, you know, so I'm just always hustling, looking for that next thing, praying. And this, this life is not easy as a, as an independent artist or someone in the industry. So you really have to, first of all, if you're not centered in something like you're going to be falling for everything. Everyone want to sell you a dream. I sing at a lot of open mics in town. That's how I meet a lot of people and, and keep things flowing. Um, and a lot of people just, you know, you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find, you know, a good situation. But don't kiss them all, honey. Just give them, you know, give them a, a rope and then you just yeah, feed them with a long handle spoon. And I have like, so you have to be business mind. Okay, let me reel it in. So I'm always hustling, but I realize I love music, but first and foremost, I'm really like an entrepreneur. I'm about that by line. Okay, what's up? Like, don't waste my time. I'm not coming to the studio and being there all the time. I'm coming and working, regular working hours. I've been working since I was 13. Come on. I'll be there. Don't have me there at night and think it's going to be something else because you about to catch these, <laughs> all of this smoke. Okay. Because I'm also a third degree black belt. I've been in karate since I was five years old and my dad is my instructor. So I'm always thinking safety, 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 right? So a lot of people in LA, you just have to be wise, be about your business and, and set your intentions and goals and go after that. And everything else, don't be persuaded. You know what I'm saying? People got a lot of talk game, but you got to make sure that they are living up to whatever they say they're going to do. And don't be signing your life away, honey. Can know what you're up? signing, honey. Okay, and that's it. I'm off my soapbox. Sorry. Like, no, I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm enamored with what you're saying because it's so true. It's so true, <laughs> especially in LA. You can get slaughtered up if you do not have a level head. Like, I think we've seen that too many times, you guys. <laughs> right, and we have to pay attention to history and don't try not to let it repeat itself. And also, you're going, you're not going to win everything, but the more, the more you can shield yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like. Right. You just have to have a plan and you might get, you know, off of off track, but don't get so far left. Or I'm wrong. So far left or so far right that you can't that is going to knock you out of the running of getting to where you need to be. That means everything, though. Relationships, honey, she's been had her fair share of relationships. And it's like, but I'm not going to like go along with foolishness and let you take me off completely off track. So. That's what it is. Having a level head. I say you need to be centered in Christ, honey, because and pray for discernment because he going to let you know what's up. Exactly. And that like literally that's the probably the best advice that I've heard in a long time because it's so real. Like you can't make it honestly without God. Trust me. I think most of us have tried it. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I want to touch back on uh, your collaboration with Todrick Hall. Of course, you have um, a couple of songs with him. My personal favorite, though, is Wind It Up. And more so than anything, I think I like the song because the video, Todrick Hall is a creative genius. I think we all know that at this point. He's a creative genius. And the way that you all sold that song in that video, I like, I was enamored. Like, walk us through how Wind It Up even came to be. Okay, so I um, came off one of my cruise ship contracts and I was like, um, and Todrick is actually in New York and my ship was porting in New York on Sundays. And I was like, friend, I'm going to be there early in the morning. He got up so early in the morning <laughs> to have brunch with me before I had to run back to the ship. And he would get up and have brunch with me. And I think he was on Broadway at the time. I'm not sure. But anyway, and he was like, uh, what are you going to do at the ship? And I was like, I think I want to 
try Broadway and like move to New York. And he was like, well, keep me posted because I might have some things going on in LA. So afterwards, after I got the ship, I was like, he was in LA and he was about to start his MTV show. And he was like, friend, you should come to LA and help me. Like I always help him whenever I'm home with his YouTube videos. And he's like, help me with the videos. And then I'm try I'll try to get you on the show and it might help your career. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So I said, let's, I'm there. So I went, uh, came back to LA, moved into his house. He had this big old house, moved into his house and we just, he started doing the MTV show and I did an interview and I became one of the people like the characters or whatever on his show and it was all about the show and the behind the scenes of how he puts out his his YouTube videos and the team around him so we did that and one of the episodes was winded up now every episode it was like um he was bringing in his celebrity friends and stuff so I would go to the studio and record songs as a demo to pitch to the celebrity people to see if they want to be a part of the YouTube or part of the MTV show. And Wind It Up was presented to me as a demo. He called me, it was like three or four in the morning. He's like, girl, I need you to come to the studio. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So <laughs> I don't go nowhere without being dead, honey. I said, you got to give me some time. Okay, okay. Give me some time, honey. You got these MTV cameras around, no mail. She's not right. going to be nowhere looking crazy. So I got myself together, went to the uh, studio. And it was winded up. And so I just sung the song and went home with the sleep. So we started filming that week for the MTV show. And we were told it was going to be a certain celebrity. Um, I think it was supposed to be Nicole Swarzinger. I think that's the last name he was trying to get her. Or I don't even know to this day if that's true or not. So yeah, because this is how it all unfolded. So we were at the location, um, setting up everything, and I'm running around behind the scenes helping get stuff done. And there were dancers involved, so I was helping them and all this stuff. And then they pulled me to this. No, wait, wait, I forgot. Hold on. I don't know, remember exactly how it went down, but something along these lines, because my mind ain't right. Okay. Um, we were on location, and I found out like he put me in a room and was like actually there is no celebrity this this is going to be our duet together and I was like what <laughs> this is insane but I think before that we had gotten to a conversation at the studio and I um the reason one of the reasons why I was going to move to New York after the cruise ship was because I had broken off my engagement and it was just too hurtful for me to come back to LA, right? So I was like, honey, cause I'm gonna fall right back into the trap. <laughs> oh, that, that, come on Pisces, we're- Honey, I was like, I got to get out. I can't, I gotta make it so there's no way, right? But I, I came back to LA and so we're in the studio recording Wind It Up and we were talking about that situation and I started to cry, right? And then, Later on, when we were at another, it was a whole different day. We were at the place setting up, you know, everything and getting ready for the dancers to film and all that. And we always like had a secret place like for celebrities that they were gonna be. So when he called me in there, I thought I was just gonna be helping this celebrity person with knickknack like things they. And he's like, "No, you're gonna be it." And then everybody started cheering and all that. And I was like what and I started crying and then we started getting me into hair and makeup and I was just like oh my gosh it was such a fairy tale date and like the costume I was a ballerina and then I had these I still have the heels they're like these pink 
heels with all these like Swarovski crystals all over them with the ballerina blow and yes. pink is my color. And so it was just a really, really fabulous day. And I felt so special and and so excited to just like be the one doing like because the costuming, forget about it. The costumes, yes, yes, yes. everything. And I I still to this day don't have a good music uh music video for any of my songs so that's one of the things i'm doing this year i'm like i gotta get some new songs and some music videos so that's coming but that was such a great experience and that's how it came to be i did not know that i was going to be the one singing the song but even the production people were like we kept hearing it and we're like just leave on on it like she needs to be the one singing it and i was like okay and that's one of my favorite songs and i love that song he wrote and Tajik wrote the hell out of that song. Okay, let's just say that. <laughs> oh, we stand Tajik Hall. Like we stand, we stand Tajik Hall. And one thing I always talk about, uh, really quickly regarding Tajik Hall is that you know he's on Drag Race now, or he was on Drag Race um a few years ago, and you know he had that fandom that he was dealing with. And he got a lot of ridicule, but like you guys, like this is a creative genius, and he's one of our own. Like, can you guys stop? <laughs> Like, I don't even remember like I don't even watch uh, or listen to a lot of that stuff so it's so many things that people say I'm just like honey you have to learn that's having thick skin in this business and just knowing that like being centered in Christ be know who you are and know what your vision and what you're supposed to be doing even on idol people would write bad stuff about me on the internet and say she's fake no one's ever that happy and I was like uh okay like, okay what about, this, this is me god i saw you'd be this happy too okay. exactly and get you some peace it's called peace love and joy in the world and give it to me so you can't take it away hello uh, that part you heard it here first okay <laughs> no seriously and so i do want to ask you really quickly as a solo artist at any point in your career did you like did you try and get on a label by any chance or were you like going the independent route almost um, exclusively? So before Idol, I had written and put out my first project called My Struggle. And after that, I got on Idol. And then after Idol, people were approaching me via mostly my website with and presenting me with contracts. But as a songwriter, a lot of them wanted like so much of my publishing. So they would own the rights to every song, right? And I already knew from reading books about songwriting and how to keep control over your work and how that also is kind of like a um, real estate for a songwriter, like my kids and grandkids and my family. That's something that if I ever, or when I get a hit, honey, when I have these hits um, and they are played anywhere, I will be getting royalties. Even if someone else, if I wrote songs for other artists, I will be getting those royalties and then I could pass them on, right? Yeah. So that is something I never want to lose. And I, and that was like mainly that and um, losing control over myself, like having to go and dress how they want me to dress, seeing how, whatever, like you just lose total control. I would have no control over my own being, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just was always afraid of the contracts that I was presented with. So that's when I said, okay, let me pick this back up myself. And I started my own label um, and entertainment company. And I started putting out music myself because I was hearing horror stories about people like having to dress a certain way, sing certain music. And if you listen to my music, it's really not very sexualized. It's not like, that's not who I am, right? So I just 
uh, started to, uh, like you said, look at, we were talking about the history of people falling into things and being taken advantage of, right? So we look at how easily it is to slip into substance abuse being in the industry. And you think about it, if you sign your life away, right? And you can't live your life the way you, who and be who you really are. You always, this is not a nine to five. You cannot check in and check out. You always just gotta be this person, right? You're gonna lose your mind. You're gonna lose your absolute, like your entire mind. So I said, well, and I, I gotta make it into heaven. Hello? Oh, more importantly. <laughs> more importantly, so I'm gonna lose everything. Right. Plus, while I'm here, before the afterlife, you're gonna have my royalties, you're gonna own my name, my likeness, my everything. That's scary. So that's when I said, mm -mm. yeah. So I was presented with contracts, but they just never were to my liking. So I was just like, listen, if I'm gonna sign my life away and get a, a half of, of a cent per album, no, thank you. Um, let me just. <laughs> right, right, okay. Like, I think that I think that makes the most sense, though, because um, especially considering the way the industry has gone, like you want to make sure that you're protecting yourself from the beginning. Like that is mm -hmm. so imperative. Um, and I do I do. I would do want to ask you about I was reading a line about you auditioning for making the band. Like, uh -huh. well, walk, walk us through what happened. And like, did you meet Diddy and all that? Like, walk us through that entire experience if you can. <laughs> yes, I auditioned for making the band. Um, before I auditioned for Idol. Well, actually, I think it was the same year that I auditioned the first time for Idol, but it was in South Beach. I went to South Beach, I auditioned, I made it to a point in the competition where I was in this room and they were gonna have everybody come up and, and sing one by one. And I did the one by one thing and Diddy was in the room. Yes. Um, and he was eating, he wasn't really paying attention. And there was all these other people like at the table with him and we just sang one by one. And then we later found out who was gonna go to New York. So I made it to New York yes. and they sent me to New York and I sang there and I, that's why I was cut and then I was sent home. So I didn't make it on the actual show, but I made it to New York. And I didn't really meet, and I didn't really meet uh, P. Diddy. I, just saw him like I would just be he would just be in the rooms you know what I'm saying with his whole crew and then later after Idol and I made a top three on Idol and they you do your um promo stuff like you go to different talk shows right so I was flown to New York to do Regis and Kelly it was Regis and Kelly back then now it's Regis and Ryan I mean Kelly and Ryan right now <laughs> yes. so um but I did Regis and Kelly and guess who was one of the guests oh of daddy ah! and so i sang i have nothing and then i got a chance to meet him and i took some pictures with him and um can you believe that i i was i got a chance to kind of talk to him right real quick it was maybe like five minutes but um i didn't even i forgot all about making a band child can you believe that something ain't right with my mind and sometimes <laughs> and sometimes because uh, I don't keep nothing on my mind, child. I just be living in the moment, having a good time. But sometimes my my dad will be like, and mom, remember when this? And I'm like, that didn't happen. What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that fully happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why did I forget that? Sometimes I think it's a coping mechanism. But other times I'm like, 
I don't know how I forgot that. <laughs> it's, it's it it makes sense. And so I do. I'm as we're coming to the end of the interview. I do want to ask you. So last year we talked about a little bit earlier how so many creatives, not just singers, but there was dancers, there were artists in, in, in the creative space that saw the pandemic and really it wrecked their hope because that industry, the entertainment industry and creative industries, were some of the least essential on paper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so some of those places and those spaces have closed. A lot of those people have to um, pick up new careers and things. What do you have to say to those creatives right now that want to go back into those creative spaces that things are starting to slowly open back up, but have kind of lost their footing due to the pandemic kind of throwing it off for them? Um, I think I'm in that boat as well, Uh, especially when I was, when the pandemic hit, I was supposed to be going on a cruise ship and um, I had to, in the pandemic, look at um what it is that made me want to do certain gigs you know what i'm saying like why did i want to be on the cruise ship okay i like traveling hello um and it's like you get to be on vacation and i get to do what i love to do and i was about to go do my one woman show now that we're in the pandemic and it seems as though the entertainment world is the going to be the last thing on the list you know what i mean that gets to open up and and I see some things I've gotten some offers and some things coming in my, you know, in my inbox and calls and stuff. Yes. But now it's under so many stipulations and it's like, it's like, okay, keeping focus of what I want to do and what makes me happy. Do I still think that I should be in these spaces? You know what I'm saying? And really looking at now I'm looking at my future. Like, I want to have kids. I want to be married. I, and I like my peace and my um, happiness means more to me than things did in the past. So now when I look at these gigs, I'm like, am I going to be happy? Am I going to be completely miserable doing that? Um, is the money where it needs to be? Like, um, am I in my passion and my purpose? So now, cause I've always been an entrepreneur and I'm like, I've always had all these other things that I have to offer outside of music that I can also tie music into, right? Because if I, once I get this one woman show going, I can sing and do my one woman show when I want to, but I don't have to. I can just sell the rights to it so they can be anywhere in the world. So I think as a creative, you have to say, what do I really want out of life? And even though those things haven't come back, can I do something on my own? Don't be afraid to like, step into an entrepreneurial situation even if you still have to do um a nine to five it's no shame in that you know what i'm saying but we have to sometimes step out and just on faith and let go of whatever's holding you back from being great and now i feel like i'm in a place where a lot of things i'm probably not going to go back and do and i have no other choice but to like (laughs) step out there right and I ain't afraid if I got to go deliver the mail to pay these bills, she going to be up. Hey, y'all, my CD is dropping next month. Exactly. But for now, exactly. I got to pay these bills. Okay. <laughs> so don't be afraid of um, doing what you got to do to hustle, you know? So it's like, now's the time to reinvent yourself. Just re- think about it as reinventing yourself. Because I had to come out of like, okay, you're going to let go of those six figures? So you, what you going to do, girl? And it's like, I'm betting on me. 
Period. Period. I think that's and that's how Mary had a little lamb. Bet on you. If you want to go back to those situations and you cool with it, and that's gonna make you happy, cool. Do you? You got to do what's best for you, right? But as I look over my situation, I'm like, well, Lord, you never let me down before. Let me just go ahead and do what you put in me to do, and and walk in my purpose, and not be afraid. So if you see me out here delivering the mail or delivering amazon flex don't be bad at me i gotta get it how i live exactly exactly people do not understand like everybody is not a celebrity and everybody don't have celebrity coin like we have to get the bag how we get the bag yeah That's and i ain't gonna be afraid like i sing at people's weddings and people are like are you a wedding singer or are you a cruise ship singer i'm a singer that's getting this money okay i'm walking in by purpose i don't know what y'all got going on no and you can't shame me like so at the end of the day do what you have to do to be happy whole and walk in your purpose that's it whatever that and don't do nothing strange for a little bit of change okay that's it no and though it's tempting that 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 makes okay because i tell my best friend i'm this close to stripping okay come this on <laughs> come on like i have an extra back roll they i didn't make the requirements to strip uh, <laughs> I, I could never do that child i would be crying somewhere looking a fool but don't be afraid to step out there. Don't be afraid to look crazy. Don't be afraid of people telling you so, because those people are really not rooting for you anyway. And that, I think that is a great place to land. And so before we um, end, what are some projects that are we to be looking for um, from you in the future, Ms. Von Zell? So I have new music out. Queen, my song Queen uh, was released a couple weeks ago. It's on Bandcamp. You can go to my uh, website, vonzelmusic.com or my IG, Vonzel Solomon, no spaces, um, and click in my link in my bio and it'll have all updates for me where you can find my new music. Um, I just launched my beauty company, beautyqueen.com. So check that out, link in my bio on IG. Um, and I have new music coming out next week on Friday. Friday, I'm releasing a single called Resilient. And also on Thursday, I have the first installment of Divas of the Decades show coming and it's gonna be the Whitney Houston portion of the show. So check all those things out. And I think I'm about to start a daily vlog so y'all can see how your girl is hustling, okay? And, and up at 4.30 and getting it together and trying to keep this, trying to stay snatched, okay? It's a job, girl. Honey, but nobody gotta do it. You're doing it. You're fully. You're doing, doing it too, honey. Look at us. Oh, <laughs> well, we are Pisces so twinning. Okay. Much. Yes. This is this is good stuff. I said Vonzel Solomon is sitting down with me today. This is somebody that I've listened to for many years. Like I'm putting on a full beat for her today. <laughs> like this is yes. not and so, your nails, everything fabulous. Yes. And so I am excited. I'm right here in Oakland. So I'm in the neighborhood essentially. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I have to look you up when I'm in the area. My mom's in San Jose. Oh snap. That's like, yes, I, I'm very familiar. So yes, for sure. Yes. For sure. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all so much for watching James's Kickback yet again, this uh, mess of a show. Uh, we had <laughs> so much fun with our sister Von Zell and follow her on all social medias. And I will link all of that below and follow me as well for your daily beat um, yes. on all social medias. And until next time, love, peace, and chicken grease. Say bye, Von Zell. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Of course. Hold up. Hold up.
Hold up.